there's definitely way more interest in uh, Bitcoin. It started with the coronavirus situation where everything was kind of uh, insecure. People didn't know what will, will happen. And there are lots of people that never talked to me about Bitcoin suddenly got interested in it when the economy started to uh, crumble and stuff. So there were way more people inquiring it, not as a uh, speculative asset, but as a store of value or as a possibility to diversify their investments and their money, basically. Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 72 of the Bitcoin and Co. podcast. And this is Richard. Hi, Anita. I think your show is very informative and I look forward to future broadcasts. My name is Richard from Miami, Florida in the United States. Richard, thank you for your feedback, and I hope this and the following episodes are informative and relevant for all of you, too. Today, I'm talking with Kai Kremser. From the name, you might guess that he's a fellow Austrian. He's working for Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker founded in 2014. Kai, a former software developer, is the product manager for the card wallet that is produced by Coinfinity and the Austrian State Printing House. Coinfinity and Card Wallet are my longest standing loyal sponsors. I'm very thankful for their support. But this didn't change the questions I was asking. We are talking about their products, but we also touch more general questions, for instance, Bitcoin adoption in Austria and the changes in the perception and trading volumes of Bitcoin in the last months. You can find the show notes for this interview at anita.link forward slash 72. There, you will also find an audio recorder to send me your questions or feedback, just like Richard did. I'd love to hear from you. You can also send me an email to hello at anitaposch.com. Posch is written with a C in between the S and the H. If you're a fan of my show, please hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now and write the recommendation on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to spread the news about my show. Thank you. And before we start, a short word from my sponsors. I'm excited about my new sponsor, Shift Crypto and their Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. I've known the team behind the Bitbox O2 for some time now, and I feel we share the same values. We both believe in financial independence, and that means holding your own keys. We also care about making it easy for everyone to keep their Bitcoin safe. The Bitbox O2 is a Swiss-made hardware wallet. It makes it simple to store and use your coins. I especially like the fact that they have a Bitcoin-only edition and I can use it directly with my phone. Check out the Bitbox O2 at shiftcrypto.ch. That's S-H-I-F-T-C-R-Y-P-T-O dot C-H. You'll get a 10% discount with the code ANITA if you buy at Bitbox O2. Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. On Local Bitcoins, you can buy and sell your Bitcoins in an easy, fast and secure way, always protected by escrow. Unlike stock-like exchanges, Local Bitcoins allows you to trade with people like you 
and you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Local Bitcoins also offers a web wallet, so you can trade and deposit and send out your Bitcoins all in one account. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coins is one of the basic rules in Bitcoin. Therefore, I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet, which is what most professional crypto experts use. For those who have difficulties with the technical requirements and constant maintenance of hardware wallets, there is the card wallet. The card wallet is a very simple and secure solution for long-term storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. No software updates needed, it's 100% offline and it leaves no traces on the blockchain. You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker, founded in 2014. Order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita and get 20% off. And finally, a shout out to the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, where you can find other Bitcoin-related podcasts like Citizen Bitcoin, the original Let's Talk Bitcoin show with Andreas M. Antonopoulos, POV Crypto and more. Hello, Kai. Thanks for being on the show today. Please introduce yourself to our listeners. That's always, as you know, my first question. What have you done before, before you came to Queenfinity, who is also the producer of the Card Wallet, where we will talk a little bit about that later today? Hi, Anita. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, my name is Kai Kremser. I work as a, a product manager for Queenfinity. And before that, uh, I was a software developer before I started my own small business in 2012. And in 2018, I've joined Coinfinity. So that's basically what I did before this. Okay, so when you had your own company, what did you do there? It was just a web IT company. Okay, so yeah. you have uh, lots of um, experience with software development and those yes. kinds of things. And also mm -hmm. organizations. So basically, I was the intermediary between customers and freelancers and organizing the workflow and everything. I know that I know that quite well. I have always been the intermediary between marketing and development departments in various companies when I was working employed and not self-employed. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting space and you learn a lot also how to talk with people. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And but how did you then uh, come to Coinfinity? I mean, how did you learn about Bitcoin in the first place? The first time I read about Bitcoin was in summer of 2011. That was the time of the, probably not the first bull run, but the bull run to $30. And I read in Heise.de, that's a German ID news website. I read an article about it and I was interested because I'm a sci-fi nerd and a cyberpunk nerd. So digital money was something that interested me. And I tried to download the client uh, to mine some, but I failed. And before I could buy some, uh, the price already dropped back down to under $3. And I was very satisfied with myself that I didn't waste any money on it. <laughs> and how does this feel today? Yeah, well. 
I, I had lots of opportunity to get into Bitcoin and <laughs> didn't take okay. them. So I'm, I'm cool with it. It brought me where I am today. So I continued yeah. to follow it a little bit in, in 2012 when I started the business. Uh, my first client and I discussed uh, payment in Bitcoin because I didn't have a, a bank account for the company yet. But it was too difficult for him to, to, to get it. And for me, I couldn't figure out how to do accounting with it and how to tax it. So we didn't just do that and so on. So lots of opportunities where I didn't join Bitcoin. Mm. I can imagine that back then it was very hard to, to use it in any way because there was yeah. no wallet, nothing. Yeah, there was the Bitcoin, what's now known as Bitcoin Core. It, basically, the only wallet uh, that you could use, you had to download the whole blockchain. There were no HD wallets, HD, where you could get a new address for, for every payment you wanted to receive. There was just one address you had. So lots of things have changed since then. Mm. Yeah, also, yeah, a lot of things have changed. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. And I think there's a lot more to come. Yeah. And you said digital money or or you have a background a little bit in the cypherpunk uh, tradition, you know about that. But what are the core properties of Bitcoin that have interested you the most? Yeah, when I first read about it, it was definitely that it was an unstoppable peer-to-peer -peer currency, like taking out the middleman, sending it from one person directly to the other. That was what interested me most, that it was an alternative to uh Central banks' currencies, basically a backup if if there should ever be will be another uh, financial crisis. That was what me interested most back then. Now, also the the second property that interests me is that it's sound money because Bitcoin could have been just the same as it is without being sound money, without being a, a deflationary uh, currency. So they didn't have to build that feature in and I found it very interesting that they did and I'm very happy that they did because that maybe could be uh, a possibility for all of us to get out of this uh, inflation uh, vicious circle and yeah have an, an alternative to save our money basically mm -hmm. as a store of value. And do you see a shift in the last months in the opinion of people here in Austria about Bitcoin? Uh, in your when you talk to to people you know, do you hear them more often talk about it, or maybe that they move from a tool for just speculation to yeah, maybe it's a tool to save and and uh, hedge against inflation? Do you find there are changes at the moment? There's definitely way more interest in uh, Bitcoin. It's, it started with the, the, the coronavirus situation where everything was kind of uh, insecure. People didn't know what will, will happen. And there are lots of people that never talked to me about Bitcoin suddenly got interested in it when the economy started to uh, crumble and stuff. So there were way more people inquiring it, not as an... Uh, speculative asset but as a store of value or as a as a possibility to diversify their investments and 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 value their, their money basically mm -hmm, that's I, very interesting yep i guess also it was the same with uh, people who bought more gold and and everything it's it's all aligning at the same time so i think uh, bitcoin is seen more and more as a store of value and as a as a tool to 
protect oneself or, or to hedge against the, the, the central bank money and, and the economy as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is quite interesting that you say that because I guess you have first-hand data because uh, you're working at Coinfinity and Coinfinity basically started as a Bitcoin broker. Can yeah. you tell, tell us a little bit about Coinfinity and maybe we can then talk a little bit about uh, the numbers, maybe how they have changed? Yeah. Coinfinity was founded in 2014 by Max and Stefan. When everybody, everything went down and crypto winter started and Mount Gox went bankrupt, they decided to start a Bitcoin company, a crypto company. Have they, excuse me, have they been the first in Austria? They were the, the first in Austria, definitely. They uh, started just with a Bitcoin uh, ATM. And yeah, that, that was the starting point. Soon later, the next product was the Bitcoin Bone, which is a digital voucher product that you can buy in about 4,000 stores. And you can uh, redeem it for Bitcoin and a handful of altcoins on our website. And then in, I think, 2015, they started the, the exchange platform where you can buy and sell Bitcoin and also a small handful of altcoins. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Yeah, you're supporting altcoins too. I know that. A small number, I think Ethereum, Dash, is that right? But that's yeah. it about it. Yeah, we, we don't want to sell anything that we don't have a reason to believe it's a, a serious project. So we, we don't want to sell any blockchain product or any token. We are basically focused on, on Bitcoin and that's also where most of the volume is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And speaking of volume, has the volume increased in the last month since March? Definitely. Since mm -hmm. the, the last drop, there was more and more interest And we're seeing more and more people getting interested into Bitcoin. Also, in already in since January, January actually. Mm -hmm. So since the, the whole COVID situation, I think has accelerated that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. What I also would be interested is: uh, Do you have many customer uh, requests or questions, like newbies who call your offices in Graz and ask about how do I get this Bitcoin? Yeah, lots of it. We are a bit different than other crypto companies. We are very focused on our customers and on customer service and being there for customers. We are one of the few exchanges or, or brokers that uh, have a hotline where you can actually call and talk to somebody. We have a, a front office in Graz where when you're in Graz, you can just come by and talk to us and get advice or ask questions and or just come by for a chat. So we are very open and we have lots of contact with customers in that mm -hmm. way. And I guess from that, you also learn where, where the hurdles are. Exactly. For, for, yeah. So what, what would you say? What are the biggest hurdles for people? Yeah, it's uh, our customers are often also like newbies that are on the fringe of crypto and they're interested uh, in it and they want to take part in it, but they don't know how. Lots of them just... Don't, the technology is way too complicated for them. They, they don't know how to, to keep the recovery phrase safe. They don't know what is dangerous, what is not. They just have this uh, diffuse fear that they could lose their, their, their crypto. But, and that's stopping them from entering the space because there's no easy usable tools for them to join the crypto revolution, basically. Mm -hmm. So, and... What did you do before you had the card wallet? 
<laughs> yeah, the cut world was a was a direct uh, follow up idea from from the problem problems that we faced. Uh, before that, we just recommended hardware wallets or apps for the phone or anything. But the mm -hmm. problem is that those apps are changing all the time. They are not that secure sometimes. There are bugs. Hardware wallets are rather, well, not for you and me, but for, for somebody who is not uh, an expert. They are rather complicated to use. I also see that in, in with my friends and families that people always ask me, can I install that update? Does this work? What do I do? Can I send Bitcoin there or is that a problem? Can I enter that number there? It does a lot of insecurity because there, there, there is not the knowledge that they would need to do it. So the only solution for us was that we need a very, very easy uh, wallet where you can just receive your Bitcoins when you are a starter. And then in maybe five years or, or three years, when you want to sell it, you finally, you have some experience and you can uh, handle the wallet yourself or you just come to us and we exchange you the the, the Bitcoin that you have on your card wallet. Mm -hmm. So basically it's like a paper wallet, but on a plastic card and, and the keys are highly secured, uh, highly secure produced as far as I know. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's similar from the process of a paper wallet, but a paper wallet for me is a different thing. Paper wallet is something where you go on a website that you don't know and you roll the dice and then you get uh, a key. And the most trustworthy of, of those websites has Comic Sans as its font, so that's all I need to tell you about that. <laughs> we, mm -hmm. we are trying, first of all, we want to make very, very secure keys with a high entropy that uh, can't be guessed. And we also want to make that in a very secure environment where Confinity and our partner, the Austrian State Printing House, in checks and balances and controlling each other so that the, that the product is secure and the keys can be trusted. But in general, if you, you know somebody who's a tech-savvy, I don't know, person, you would mm -hmm. rather tell them to use a hardware wallet or... Well, I personally use a hardware wallet or multiple hardware wallets, but I also use a card wallet. I use a card wallet for uh, hodling, basically, for the stuff that I, I don't want to touch because I don't want to scrap off this, the security seal. <laughs> so I have strong hands with all the, the Bitcoins that are on the mm -hmm. card wallet. I also use it, for example, for my son, uh, who is very little now, but then in maybe if, uh, when he's 18, he'll get his card wallet with hopefully Uh, lots of sats on it. Or I also use it, which is the use case I use it most uh, for friends and families who are interested in, in Bitcoin. Because in the past, I always had to install them the software and update it and so And now I just give them the card wallet, tell them where they can get Bitcoin and that's it. So it's it's you don't have to update your friends or your family's mm -hmm. software all the time and take care of them. They, they, they know how to take care of a of a valuable item that's something everybody knows everybody can take care of a, of a coin of a gold coin or something like that and the card wallet basically turns bitcoin into the same thing in this physical card and whoever has the card owns the coins that's something that everybody can understand and that's very different to the security that it's needed to keep a digital wallet safe 
Yeah, but basically the the criticism I hear very often uh, on Bitcoin Twitter or on other spaces is that you have pre-produced keys and you should never do this because you cannot trust trust that nobody knows your private keys. How can you make sure that nobody knows my keys from this one card wallet? Yeah, uh, first of all, every wallet requires trust in the manufacturer. Like even if you have the most secure hardware wallet, you have to trust that the, the, the hardware, the bit in there is, is safe, that they don't have a backdoor there, that even maybe just one fed up employee didn't build a backdoor in there, that the software that they're sending to you is safe. You have to trust uh, the manufacturer to a, to a degree. What we did with the card wallet, we made a, a process to ensure that nobody can know the keys. We First of all, we are two partners, the Austrian State Printing House, which is, despite this name, a privately owned company. It's just 200 years old. That's why it's called that way. And us, Confinity. And both of us enter their random seeds into the master seeds from which the, the keys get generated. So we don't know their seed. They don't know our seed. There's a third seed from a hardware random generator that nobody of us knows. And all these seeds come together in the computer, in the production machine. The production machine is in a secure facility that's like impossible to get in. I, had a, I was there, they, they showed me everything. It's like Mission Impossible, really. The security is, is crazy. And even in there, there's a separated room where our production machine is, is built. And only two people at a time can go in there so that we have always two people watching it other and working on it, they are security vetted and everything. And in this machine, all the all our uh, seats come together. They get combined to a master seat that nobody knows. Out of this master seat, uh, the keys are generated and lasered on the blank cards. The, the, the keys are then checked by the computer. Uh, they are scanned and compared if they are the right ones. Then the security seal is sticked upon it and then they, they, they come out of the machine and that's the first uh, time that you actually can take the card in the hand. So even the workers that are in the room, they don't know the keys, they can't look them up because it's already sealed when it comes out of the of the machine. And after each production, all the data uh, on the machine is wiped by military standards so that nothing remains. Mm -hmm. But, and nobody can see the keys while they are like lasered, like on the, on a screen, on a computer screen or something? No, no, there's no, the, the screen is, the only screen is for the steering of the machine, but there's no need to display the keys. They are just generated in the machine and lasered upon it. But, but how do you know then that the keys uh, fit to the address? We check them. As, as I told you, after they are lasered, The, the card is scanned in the machine and they take the, the private key, the scanned private key, compare it with the, the key that they scanned on the front. And if it's the same, it works. So mm -hmm. basically that's, that's why it's secure that the keys on the card fit together. And also after production, we take samples, random samples and check those cards if they fit together so that we can make sure that there is no bug in the software that maybe The machine just thought keys fit together, but in reality, there's a bug. Mm -hmm. 
And I think you can buy them in the online shop. Yeah, we have an online shop at cardwallet.com mm -hmm. where you can order them. We order Maybe Maybe you know my next question because there was this uh, ledger marketing data breach in the last weeks. Yeah. So the the postal addresses, uh, the delivery addresses for the hardware wallets were basically stolen. I don't know what happened with the data, but there was a data breach anyhow. So mm. it could be that people know where the hardware wallets have been sent. Which is quite a threat. What do you do with these addresses? Yep. Are, are cards and addresses connected in any way or how no. does this work? There is no connection between uh, your address and the card that we send out. We, we don't even know which card or, or the addresses of the cards. We don't want to know. Like in the uh, uh, process, it was a, a decision that we don't want to save Bitcoin user. addresses, user mm -hmm. like, like receive addresses, which might have been an interesting use case when You don't re register and we already can send you Bitcoins. We didn't want that, even if it would have been a nice use case, because we want to know as little data as possible. Also, a partner, the, the state printing house, they, they just delete as soon as they're allowed to. They always ask us, can we already delete the data? And we, yeah, do it. So that's it's a lot of... And that's in two weeks or three weeks. Or yeah. which, what's the time frame? Yeah, the time frame is uh, long enough that we can send out the cards and fix problems if there are. Like if if I send to to an address in in China or somewhere, I have to wait and and keep it until the card has arrived. Because if there's any problem, we need to interact with the customer. Mm -hmm. So, but we we have a policy of of deleting as soon as possible, and, and you don't only know storing information that we really need. Mm -hmm. And you don't know which Bitcoin address is on the card no. that goes to China, for instance. No. Mm. Maybe you want to tell our listeners also what the Austrian State Printing House does in its uh, core business. Uh, the Austrian State Printing House is, as I said, a 200-year-old company that is experts on documents and, and secure components of documents. They, they print passports and, and driving licenses for, for many countries and also for some some documents for private uh, companies. It's a publicly traded company in Vienna, in Austria. Here, while well, they are here since 200 years, they will be there in 200 years, I guess. So we it, they were a good partner for us because they know the, the security, they have the security protocols. They know the, the secure uh, elements that you can put on a physical device so that you can check whether it's uh, genuine or whether it's a, a replacement, a fake, which is a problem if you deliver a, a wallet by mail. There could be a so-called supply chain attack where the, somebody replaces the card in the mail. That's mm -hmm. something that happened, for example, to, to hardware wallets where they were replaced by forgeries. With the card wallet that can't happen because the secure elements are directly on the card. There's a, uh, a DOID, a hologram, and microprint, all, all those uh, stuff that you uh, see on, 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 on passports and so on, so that they are not easy to forge or almost impossible to forge around the, on the card wallet, so that we can assure that when we send you a card, you And you get it and you uh, receive it and you compare the, the, the security elements that your card is, is an original and nobody has replaced it in the mail. And the card wallet is uh, basically a plastic card. It's of the size like a credit card. 
Exactly. How long do you think will the material like not rot, you know, like be in good shape so that I can read the private keys? The cards will, I don't know how long they will last exactly, but it's uh, polycarbonate, which basically lasts for hundreds of years. And the, 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 the card, in fact, isn't uh, that the keys aren't printed on it, but they are burned into it with laser in a, a deeper layer of the card. So even if they are take some surface damage that doesn't mean that you can't read the private key anymore also uh, the private keys uh, on the card in in two different versions so that if if maybe there's one scratch you still can use the card mm -hmm. okay and do you have in general security tips for our listeners like if they have such a card wallet where to store it and what to do with it to like check it every other year or half year or something like that. Yeah. Well, the first tip that we gave everybody is put your card wallet away in a, in a safe spot and don't look at it like uh, copy it, make a photo of it, or even better use uh, the app. There's a, a app, the chain log app from the state printing house where you can scan and verify your card, but it's an original and you can also follow it then and use the, the, the address with it and, and see what's on there. You can, of course, uh, once you put it away, best in a, in a deposit box at a bank or in a safe, or maybe you want to bury it somewhere like a treasure. Remember where you put it. Like that's, that's, it's the, the bigger risk uh, than somebody finding it and, and stealing it is probably you losing it. That's also something that we, we have in general with, with wallets when customers come to us and lose their seed phrase or anything. It's very rare that somebody has his Bitcoin stolen. It's, it's rather common that somebody can't access his Bitcoin anymore. So don't overthink security, make it safe, but Make it so that you don't forget it. So basically, store it as safely as you yeah. store your seed phrase. Exactly, yeah. So Or a, a the gold bar. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the, it's the same security model as, for example, a gold bar or a gold coin. You wouldn't want to hide it somewhere where you can't get any more. So best is you, you have a safe or a safe deposit box or a, a place where you know That's a good a good hideout, but uh, you remember it. And also maybe the people you care about and uh, can find it if you are, if something should happen to you. That's also something people forget. Mm, exactly. I think this is a very important point because you never know what happens. You know, you can have mm. a, an accident and then your ears don't, do not know if or where your Bitcoin are, if you have yeah. one or not, some well, or not. Yeah. Or even maybe they know that they see your hardware wallet, but they can't deal with it. They don't know how to, what the password is. They don't know how to use it. The Bitcoin mm. are basically gone. The card wallet is very simple. It's, it's the simplest wallet you can have. And even if you have a problem, there's the card wallet address there. You can contact support. We will help you out how to, to get to the coins on the card. And you will be also here in 20 years. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it, it's definitely the plan, but generally all the, the, the stuff that's on the card wallet is all standard Bitcoin stuff from the, the way that the private key uh, or the public key is on it. Phrases are BIP39 phrases that are compatible with all the wallets. So it's even if we are gone, you mm -hmm. don't need us to, to, to get to the Bitcoin. 
actually you don't need us from the moment on you have the card in your hand you don't need us anymore you can do it all by yourself you don't need any special software just the standard bitcoin wallet software that's around and you can uh handle your bitcoin on the card yeah one question i mean basically you can send the bitcoin from the card to a wallet once or is this right yeah well it's a it's a device for for hodling basically so you can you have the the bitcoin address on the front where you can always of course send bitcoins to or other people can send bitcoins to you can if you want to share it with other people so that they can send you bitcoin but should you want want to like take your coins and sell them you have to remove the the the, the seal on the back and import the private key into a digital wallet and from that moment on of course the card wallet is not as super secure as it was in the beginning where we made this uh key from multiple sources in a super secure environment where there's uh no internet or anything but it's only as uh, secure as your phone is or as your computer is or you could also enter the 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 recovery seat in a hardware wallet and it's as secure as the hardware wallet. But mm. the security level from then on is only as strong as the weakest link. So we recommend that if you uh, use a card wallet, you take all the coins off it. And if you want to uh, hodl on after that, you just get a new card wallet and send all the rest that you uh, of Bitcoin that you don't want to sell back to the card wallet to the mm -hmm. new one. Okay. And what are the plans from your company, Coinfinity, now with the card wallet? Where do you go from here? What What are your goals? Basically, we wanted to make a very, very easy wallet for entering so that a wallet that's, that even my, my mother could understand. So that's the starting point. The next uh, would be to, to build an environment around it so that you can uh, register with us and, and we can send you Bitcoin and you can sell Bitcoin directly to us. But uh, that's right now on a hold because we decided for privacy reasons that we don't want uh, to know the, the Bitcoin addresses. So it's up to the people to come to us and we don't want to pressure them to do that since the card wallet is only one of our products and we wanted mm -hmm. to make a product for that specific use case. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I know Max for some years now and also Coinfinity. And what I like uh, very much is this, yeah, as you say, this cypherpunk approach to only collect data that's really needed. Mm -hmm. And also the possibility to buy Bitcoin on uh, the Coinfinity website and have it sent directly to your own Bitcoin address. So yeah. your wallet is non-custodial, it's a non-custodial service. And I think exactly. that's very important. Yeah. Yeah, we are, Confinity is a company that has very strong values and especially Bitcoin values. We, we don't want to hold customer funds. We want people to hold their own funds and to be responsible for their own uh, crypto so that they have their own keys and their own coins. And that's a, a core value. So that's why we don't even have uh, customer funds on our exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think you also have new services now in the making. What are those? Yeah, well, we have uh, Confinity as, as two big parts. The, the first part is a business to customer, where we have different products uh, for customers who want to buy Bitcoin and a handful of altcoins, which is, for example, the, the exchange platform, the Bitcoin bone, the digital voucher product where you can 
buy at lots of points of sales and, and redeem it for Bitcoin. The, our subsidiary Courant has, is the biggest Bitcoin ATM provider in Europe. Those are mostly our business to customer activities, but we also have business to business activities where we basically uh, take care of everything that has to do with, with, with Bitcoin and crypto, everything that's difficult and messy uh, and challenging. And our partner companies take advantage of that and have just to take care of the marketing and, and, and handling their customers on that side. Because starting a, a crypto business used to be very simple. Back when, when Max started the company, he just bought an ATM and built it, uh, rented a room and that was it. And now it's, it's really difficult. It's hard to get banking. It's difficult to keep the coins safe. The technology is challenging. It's hard to get software developers that know their uh, blockchain and, and Bitcoin in and out. Accounting, taxation, the regulations. It's very difficult. And the, everything of that we take care of. And our customers just uh, connect to our API. They never even touch uh, Bitcoin or crypto, which is very important for uh, lots of companies that are not in the crypto space but want to do something with it, like established companies. They often have regulations that they can't touch crypto. With us, they can do it. If you want to start a new company and in the crypto space and you don't know how, you don't have the, the, the devs, the technology, the knowledge about mm -hmm. regulation, you can come to us, we can help you out. You just interact with our API and we get you started. Okay. Would something like this also include a service like um, uh, buying Bitcoin for a company like MicroStrategy? I don't know if you heard of that, but it's a, a public company in the US who has, which has now taken its cash reserves and exchanged it into Bitcoin. So they bought, I think, 24,000 24, uh, Bitcoins in the last weeks or are going to do it now mm -hmm. uh, in a value like 250 million US dollars. Are you offering these kind of services too, like uh, consulting and doing this for companies? I haven't heard of, of that company yet. Anything that has to do with exchanging crypto for fiat and vice versa is something we can do for your company or for you as a customer. Mm -hmm. that, that's basically what we do. And, and for instance, because I think about that sometimes to have my own online shop where I could sell my courses or my book. Mm -hmm. And I have my own lightning and Bitcoin node now, uh, mm -hmm. Raspberry Blitz. I mean, I could set up my own PTC pay server, but for instance, if I would not like to do that, do you offer this kind of services so that companies can come to you and say, I would like to take Bitcoin as a payment. I give you my XPUB and you send me the Bitcoin. We used to do that, but right now we are in a partnership, starting a partnership with a company that specializes in that. And we are basically their backend. They interact with us and they take care of all the customer uh, stuff. So we won't do Bitcoin as a payment anymore, but instead work with a company that specializes in that. Mm -hmm, understand. Uh, you mentioned the Bitcoin ATMs before and your uh, company who does that. Why, why are there so many Bitcoin ATMs in Austria? I think we are uh, in the worldwide map. We are on the top three positions in the density of Bitcoin ATMs. Why is that? I think it's Max's fault. <laughs> 
No, I don't know. It, it's really crazy. If you look at uh, CoinEdem, rather, there's like uh, the top three countries are like uh, USA and uh, something else, and then it's already Austria. Yeah. I don't know why there is such a high density. Maybe it's because Germany is so strictly regulated and there are lots of ATMs at the, at the border. Maybe it's just that CD was there so early and started this trend and other people saw it and just wanted to do the same. It's all, however, it's now changing a bit because there's uh, stricter regulations. Companies have now to be registered with the financial authority of the country. And there are only a handful of companies that registered where we were one of those. We were one of the first. So there are way less uh, ATMs in, in Austria now that are really active and like the majority mm -hmm. of them are with, with Corant now. And and do you see a change there in the volume? Yeah, Courant is doing great. They have great growth. They bought another uh, ATM company. And this they are now the biggest ATM provider in whole of Europe and continue to grow in all over Europe. Ah, okay. So Coinfinity's B2B business is also uh, aimed at the Eurozone? Mostly, yeah. For the start now that we are setting it up, it's mostly Eurozone, European Union, because we know the regulations here. We know it's the same currency, which makes stuff uh, a bit easier. But that's mm. just the first step. And if we get an interesting customer in another country, we are more than ready to, to take the next step. Mm -hmm. And last question to the Bitcoin ATMs. How high is the limit where I can buy without doing know your customer identification? Well, that differs. It's like 250, mm -hmm. I think, but uh, I don't know for sure because, uh, as, uh, as we said, the ATMs have been outsourced to a subsidiary current and their offices in Vienna. I, I don't have uh, as much contact with them. Yeah, so I don't understand. Know for sure. Okay. Now, thank you very much. We're coming to an end now. If we talk about newbies, what would you recommend to people who would like to get into Bitcoin, buy some or earn some with their work or something? How should they start? Can you recommend any book or video? Um, well, it, it's, it's a bit redundant. I think the, the, the best information you can get is from Andreas Antonopoulos. Because he never wants to push any product. He never wants to hype any, any, any coins or something. He really is just 100% interesting information and, and very competent, very knowledgeable. So I, the only person I recommend when somebody asks me is uh, Andreas. <laughs> yeah. And where can people find Coinfinity or your work and also you maybe? People can follow you. I'm personally not that active on, on social media. I like to keep a low profile. Confinity is, of course, on just the website, confinity.co. But we also have a, a Twitter account that's mostly in German, but it's uh, confinity, at confinity. Mm -hmm. We are also on Instagram at, at confinity, but not a lot of stuff is happening there. And for the card wallet, we have an English language Twitter account and also Instagram, which is at card wallet. Mm -hmm. Great. I will put all of those links into the show notes. Yeah, Kai, have we left anything out? Is there anything you want to say? I don't know. I think we, we talked about a lot of things. Yeah. 
Thank you okay. for having me. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to your next episode. So finally, since home office ended and we're back in the office again, I get uh, to listen to your podcast again on the commute. So I catched up with all the interesting stuff about uh, Bitcoin in Africa. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. And have a good day. Thank you. You too. That's it for today. If you like my show, please share it with your friends and hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now. Thanks to my sponsors who make it possible that I can produce the show. Localbitcoins.com, Shift Crypto with the Bitbox O2 and Coinfinity with their card wallet. Music. Start with yes, delicate beats. Idea, content and production. Yours truly, Anita Posch. <laughs>